We want to thank you today for joining us at Truth Chapel's podcast. I pray this word would bring you life. I pray that it would edify you, encourage you, and enlighten you. If you have a moment, please subscribe and leave us a review. We will be so grateful. God bless, and let this word speak to your heart today. I read to you today from the first book of Samuel. If you'd like to stand for the reading of the word, that's okay. First Samuel chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Now there was a certain man of Ramathamim Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroam, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zeph, uh, and Ephratite. And he had two wives, my, 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 two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man, and this man, went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. The two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, and the priests of the Lord were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peninnah his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. Somebody say, the Lord did it. Amen. And her adversary also provoked her sore, watch the words here, for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. As he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, she, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why are you crying? Why weepest thou? And, and why eatest thou not? And, and why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli, the priest, sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. He was in bitterness uh, at the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord. I'm going to read some more, but I want to just write right there. She was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord. And this morning, if you'll allow me for just a little while, I want to preach to you on this subject. Provoked to prayer. Provoked to prayer. Can we uh, pray together? Lord, I thank you for your word this morning. It's so good. It's so right. It's on time. I pray today you would speak to us through your word. That you would encourage us through your word. That we would not only be hearers of this word, but doers of this word. And God, I pray today. I pray today that there would be someone in this room, God, that would lift their voice in prayer to you. And that you would change their lives. Chains would be broken. Hearts would be mended. The enemy's assignment would be canceled. In Jesus' name. The church, lift your voice. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. You may be seated. Provoked to prayer. I want to start this uh, lesson today, this message today, by talking to you a little bit about Elkanah. And uh, I've preached about Elkanah before here at Truth Chapel, and I've preached about Hannah before here at Truth Chapel. Uh, so if you've been here for a while, you've heard me talk about both of these people. I'm just going to expound a little bit on this today because I want to bring some stuff to your attention that I believe is going to help us in the Holy Ghost. And the church said, amen. We have a good time today because I believe that Elkanah should be looked at. Uh, first of all, Elkanah had two wives. Amen. And uh, we could preach about that for a while, but we won't because uh, we're just going to just say that Elkanah was, was a brave man. Brave. He was brave and obviously had a lot of money. Man was rich. Amen. Now, I can make a whole lot of jokes about that, and if I, if I let myself, I'll go comedy on you, and we'll laugh a little while. But um, let's just say that uh, 
Elkanah. Elkanah had, had two wives. Thank you, Brother Reuben. Elkanah had two wives. And, uh, and, 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 and wouldn't you, but could, could, could you imagine this? These two wives didn't get along. I mean, this, this is crazy talk, but he had two wives and they didn't get along. Wow, unheard of. Bananas. And there was uh, trouble in the home. Peninnah and Hannah had a problem. They uh, butted heads, so to speak. There was, uh, there was the, the Bible will call it uh, adversary. There was an, uh, an adversarial relationship between Hannah and Peninnah. Trouble in the house. Trouble at home. Trouble in the marriages. Well, well, well. Now, if you know anything about this moment in time in 1 Samuel, you'll know that Hophni and, and Phinehas were at the house of God. They were, they were running things for their father, Eli, who had gotten old. And the Bible will tell us in just a few scriptures and maybe a couple chapters later that in this season there was no open vision because Eli was blind and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were doing their own thing. They were just acting foolish. They were eating the food that people would bring in and sacrifice unto the Lord. And they were having extracurricular activity with females inside the tabernacle. The Bible would tell us this. So, so Elkanah has trouble at home and there's trouble at church. Amen. Stay home and watch TBN, Elkanah. There's no trouble there. The devil is alive. Elkanah is, is, is caught in between a rock and a hard place. At home there's problems and at church there's problems. But the Bible says when it came time to offer, Elkanah got his stuff together and he went to the house of the Lord. Because Elkanah knew, Elkanah was a good man and, and someone who I think that we should take example from today. He knew that this wasn't about the trouble in my house and this is not about the trouble in the church house, but this is about my worship to God. I'm not here to please y'all and I'm not here to please them. I'm here to please the Lord. Somebody shout amen in the house. Elkanah was determined that no matter what trouble I have in my home and no matter what trouble I have in the church home, I'm still going to the house of the Lord to give God the praise that he's worthy of. Can someone say amen? Because I know some of y'all came today and there's trouble at home and there may even be trouble here, but you made up in your mind, I'm going to the house of the Lord no matter some of y'all got in an argument on the way to church today, but you ought to be the one clapping your hands the most, worshiping God the most. Because you need to tell God, God, I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about you. Elkanah did not let trouble stop him from going to the house of the Lord. He was on his way. And, 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 and when he would go to the house of the Lord, he would give portions to Peninnah and to Hannah. So they would have something to give as well. Many of us have done this on, 
an early Sunday morning with our kids come in the room and we give them a dollar or two to put in the Sunday school offering. Hey, we don't want you to go to Sunday school without something to give. So I'll give you a portion so that when you get to the house of the Lord, I'll take my offering and I'll split it up among you so that when you get to the house of the Lord, you got something to give too. This is what Elkanah was doing with his family. He gave to Peninnah and her children a portion. And then he gave to Hannah a worthy portion because he loved Hannah. He loved her. And he wanted her to have plenty to give when she came to the house of the Lord. But Hannah was sad. The Bible says he gave to Hannah a worthy portion because he loved her. But the Lord had shut up her womb. God did it. We got to stop giving the devil credit for stuff that God did. Can I, can I tell you right now that the enemy doesn't have that kind of power? I said the enemy doesn't have that kind of power. He can't touch you like that. Oh, you don't believe me. I got Bible for it. He had to go to, he had to, go to God twice to get permission to touch Job. Job said, you can, you, he, the, the Lord said, you can do anything you want to. You just can't touch him. You, you can take all this stuff, but you can't touch him. That, that's my child. You can mess up all the stuff around him, but you can't touch him. My, my, my. The Lord did it. And you know what? Even if the enemy did it, he did it by permission. So I'm still giving God the credit. Somebody in the house go, need to go ahead and give God the credit for every bad thing that happened in your life. Go ahead and give God the credit for your trouble. Give God the credit for your trial. Why don't you give God the credit for your storm right now? Just say, Lord, thank you. I don't know how this is helping me, but I praise you for it. The Lord did it. We know the Lord did it. She didn't know. She didn't know the Lord did it. We know the Lord did it. See, we read the Bible and we, so, we, we, we get hype about moments like that because we can see inside the story. We got hindsight 2020. But the people living this, they didn't see it. And many of us know it preaches good, but when I'm living it, it's so hard to see. Can I get three amens and how you doing? Man, when, it preach, when pastor preaches it, it felt so good. But then when I lived it, I forgot that God existed. Somehow I just, I just found me a hole and crawled into it and turned on Netflix for three days straight. <laughs> Forgot that God was even on my side. Because trouble will push you into insanity. Amen. And, and, and Hannah knew that the Lord loved her, but she wondered why, why do I have this problem? Why? And, 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 and here's the part of the story that's going to add uh, the cream on top of the ice cream. It's that not only was she barren, but Panina would remind her of it every year. The Bible said every year Panina would slide something in. Old passive-aggressive Panina. Just, just provoking her. The Bible calls Panina her adversary. And her adversary also provoked her sore. 
for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. There's always a voice. Sometimes it is the voice of a person. But for most of us in this room, it is the voice of the enemy. It is the voice inside our own voice. It is the voice inside our head. Most of the time it sounds just like us because it is us. The voice that says you're not good enough. The voice that says you can't make it. The voice that says you're not worthy. The voice that says this can't be for you. The voice that says you should leave now. The voice that says you should quit. The voice that says you've done too much. The voice that says you've gone too far. The voice that says no way God could use you. Oh. The voice that says you'll never make it out of this one. The voice that says the mountain is too high and the valley is too low. The voice that makes you want to quit every week. The voice that keeps you in circular patterns. It is the voice of the adversary. And we know what the adversary wants to do. The Bible says the adversary provoked her for, for, to make her fret. The adversary wanted her to fret, to be agitated, irritated. That's what the word fret means. It means to be violently agitated. Anybody ever been violently agitated? Anybody ever been so agitated you turned over a table? Violently irritated. Not just irritated. Not You're irritating me. You get in my last nerve. No, it's a violent form of agitation and a violent form of irritation. The kind of, the kind of irritation that makes you want to take matters into your own hands. And you want to tell somebody, catch these hands. Lord, hallelujah. I know y'all saved in here, but uh, try Jesus, don't try me. Amen. Because I fight. I don't know what verse that was in, but it sounded good when I heard it. <laughs> Amen. Violent irritation, violent agitation for to make her fret. The Bible says this. The Bible, when, the, when the Bible uses this moment of her making her fret, it compares it to a clap of thunder. Read it. Look it up for yourself. It compares this moment to a clap of thunder because thunder is loud, but it holds no power. Thunder is not lightning. Thunder is just the sound of it. It's a dog barking, but has no bite. Can I, can I preach to some people today and let you know that the voice you're hearing has no power? It's just thunder. You're hearing the remnant of what happened. It, listen. You hear thunder in the past. Thunder is always past tense because thunder is always after lightning. Lightning strikes, then you hear what happened. And some of y'all, you don't have a problem today, but the thunder of your yesterday. Oh, can I preach to somebody? You're living in the past tense. But somebody in the house today needs to get a spirit like Paul and say, forgetting those things which are behind me, I press for the mark that is before me. I forget 
You need to stop letting the enemy remind you of the lightning that happened. It's over. It's already struck. Now all I do is hear the sound of my past. It's the clap of thunder reminding you that the lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember when I made that mistake, but I refuse to live in it. I remember when they hurt me, but I'm not going to let their hurt control me for the rest of my life. I remember when this marriage set me back, but I'm not going to let this marriage be ruined by the thunder of that lightning strike. Oh, you don't want to preach with me today. I'm coming where you're really at, for real, for real, for real, for real, for real, for real. Oh, listen, I know this job did me wrong, but I'm not going to let the, the, the thunder of this past experience mess with my today. It's a new day. It's a new hour. It's a new moment. I know that I messed up last year, but this is this year. And I'm going to do something this year. God's going to make a way this time. God's going to come. I will not let the thunder make me fret. All Panina was doing was this. It was just, it was just words. It was just words. Panina was not in control of her womb. Oh, hear me, hear me. Panina was not in control of her future. Panina was not in control of her destiny. All Panina wanted to control was her mind. I want to make you fret. Because if I can keep you sad, and if I can keep you fasting, I can keep you out of Elkanah's room. If I can keep you angry, then I can keep you from getting close to where your destiny can actually happen. My, my, my. You see, I want to make you fret so that you weep and so that you cry and so that you fast and so that you got Elkanah over here wondering, What's wrong with you, baby? Come on, why are you crying? Come on over. Why are you weeping? Oh. No, I'm too hurt. I'm too wounded to let the Lord comfort me. Watch what Elkanah would say. Elkanah would say to her, he would say, listen, Listen, don't cry because I love you. And that ought to be enough. He said, don't cry because I love you. And my love is better than 10 sons. Now, here's what we know in hindsight. That the miracle that's about to come out of Hannah is the prophetic word of the Lord. But Elkanah wants her to be happy with him alone. Some folks want you to stay right where you are because they always want to be your enough. Oh, listen. Some folks will say, hey, it's okay. You don't need to go to that church. You don't need to give your life to the Lord. You don't need that because I want you to stay right here where you're at. I'm enough. But when it comes to Jesus, nobody's enough. No, you're not enough. 
Some of y'all in some relationships and you think she's enough. That's a lie. No, she ain't. She ain't never going to be enough. You, and, and you think he's enough? Oh, little do you know. He, he ain't even on the scale. Ain't no way he could be enough. If you don't find you're enough in your purpose, if you don't find enough in your destiny, nobody is ever going to be enough for you. Elkanah was confused. Why can't I be enough? Because there is a call in my life and I wish that you could be enough, but God is calling me to something greater. I wish I could stay here with you, but God has purpose inside of me. I wish I could stay like this and be okay like this, but I cannot be okay because there's a promise in my belly and there's a purpose in my heart and I wish I could stay here, but I can't be happy when I know there's a purpose in me. So the Bible says in verse 10 that she was in bitterness of soul and she prayed. Here's where the enemy made a mistake. The enemy thought, I will provoke you so that you'll fret. What the enemy did not anticipate is that you wouldn't fret, but you'd pray instead. <laughs> Here's what the enemy thought. The enemy thought, I'll provoke you enough that you won't pray. I'll have you so scared. I'll have you so full of depression. I'll have you so full of anxiety. I'll have you so full of problems that you'll never get down on your knees and pray. The worst thing that ever could happen to the enemy's plan is that you stop fretting and you start praying. What the enemy did not anticipate is that Hannah would not fret, but that she would pray instead. I know you wanted me to be scared. I know you wanted to keep me right here, but I went to the Lord in prayer, and you provoked me to my knees. You provoked me to pray. You provoked me to find a place with God. You provoked me. You provoked me to control me. But what you did and what you did not anticipate is you would provoke me to get in the throne room with my God. Leave, leave, that, leave that scripture up there for me, 1 Samuel 1 and 10. One of my most favorite scriptures in the Bible, and I'll tell you why. Because some of y'all won't pray because you're mad. And you won't pray because you're bitter. And you won't pray because you're angry. And you won't pray because you're holding grudges. You won't pray. You won't pray. You're like, why would I even pray? I'm so mad right now. I don't even feel like I could pray. I'm so bitter right now. I can't pray. I'm so upset right now. How can I pray? Here's your verse. She was in bitterness of soul and prayed. You might not be running the house right now, but somebody should just run. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why you should run. Because this verse lets me know that you can be bitter and pray at the same time. You can be as mad as a hornet and still find a way to get down on your knees and say, Lord, I'm bitter, I'm mad, I'm upset, I'm angry. You don't have to work it out and then pray. You don't have to get better and then pray. You don't have to be okay and then pray. No, no, no. 
Go ahead and pray right now. Pray in the middle of your brokenness. Pray in the middle of your bitterness. Pray in the middle of your anger. Pray. If you're angry, pray. If you're bitter, pray. If you're depressed, pray. If you're broken, pray. If you're wounded, pray. If you're offended, pray. If you're brokenhearted, pray. I come to speak to the bitter. I come to speak to the brokenhearted. I came to speak to the wounded. The devil should have never messed with you because he thought he was going to shut you up, but all he did was provoke you to pray. I come to serve the devil. Notice, you should have never touched me. You should have never talked to me. You should have kept your mouth shut. You should have kept to yourself. But you pushed me to my knees. You pushed me to prayer. You pushed me to seek God. And when I found I come today with an answer for somebody in this house. You've been wondering what you should do. You should pray. But I'm bitter. Pray. Pastor, I'm so mad. Pray. Pastor, I'm so angry. Pray. She was bitter and pray. I know you got stuff going on, baby, but pray anyway. I know you've been hurt, but pray anyway. I know they did you wrong, but pray anyway. I know they betrayed you, but pray anyway. I know they turned their back on you, but pray anyway. I know you ain't got no money, but pray anyway. I know the job failed you, but pray anyway. I know what the doctor said, but pray anyway. I know what the lawyer said, but pray anyway. I know what the judge said, but pray anyway. I know the bank said they couldn't do it, but pray anyway. I know your mama hurt you, but pray anyway. I know your daddy left you, but pray anyway. Pray, pray. You provoke me to pray. You provoke me to pray. You hurt me enough that I prayed. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Somebody's getting it. You've been hurt. Absolutely. But that doesn't give you the excuse to not go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, Hannah was hurt. Hannah had been talked about Hannah had been mistreated. She had been done wrong. She was so bitter. She was so mad. She was crying. She was weeping. She was not eating. Couldn't even eat. Anxiety, depression, brokenness. But she just said, Lord. She went to the house of God. And she vowed a vow. Verse 11. She vowed a vow. And said, oh, Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. She said, Lord, if you give it to me, I'll give it back to you. See, this right here is the power of a bitter prayer. This is the power of a prayer that is desperate. Because when you get desperate, you'll tell God anything. When you get desperate, you'll say stuff like, God, I'll give it back to you. When, when you get really, really desperate, 
you'll make promises that you know you can't even keep. When you get desperate, you'll lay aside all of your idiosyncrasies. When you get desperate, you'll lay aside all of your well-laid plans. When you get desperate, you'll set your blueprint aside. You'll burn it. Say, Lord, I, I, I had a plan. But if you'll give me what I'm asking for, I'll change my plans. I'll give it back to you. And sometimes it's what the Lord needs. He needs a provoked person who's praying stuff that they don't even really know they're praying. They just, God, I'll, just, I'll do anything. I'll go there. I'll say that. I'll do anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a good prayer to pray, Jonah, especially when you're sitting in the puke of a whale on a beach. Lord, I'll go. Of course you'll go. Yeah, sometimes God got to put you somewhere so you just say, Lord, I'll do whatever it is you're asking me to do. I know I've been struggling. I know I've tried it this way and that way. I've tried it my own way, but Lord, I'll give it to you. I'll give you my life. I'll give you the thing I love most. I'll give it to you. Lord, you know what Hannah was saying? Here's what Hannah was saying. Hannah was saying, Lord, if you look upon me with kindness, I'll give you my future. I'll let you have my tomorrow. I'll give you what I love most. And this is the power of a prayer that's been provoked by the enemy. As you get so desperate, you'll make God the kind of promises that God likes. And the Bible says that the prophet Eli saw her. He watched her. The Bible says he marked her mouth or he just watched her. Now Hannah, she spake in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Let me help somebody. You ain't got to be screaming all the time when you're praying. Hello. She was just like, Lord, if you just do it for me right now, God, I promise you I'll give it back to you right now. Just in her heart. Just in her heart. This is how you could pray at school tomorrow on a Monday when you're at the, 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 the cafeteria table and all your friends are around you and you know you need, a hand, you need God to touch your life because you're about to slip up and fail. In your heart, you can say, Lord, Protect me right now. If you want to jump up on the table and lay hands on people, you can. <laughs> but it's not necessary. He said, he said, she drunk. This woman is drunk. Her lips are moving. And he came over to her. He said, hey. Why are you going to be drunk in the house of God? Why are you drunk? How long will you be drunk? Put, put away the wine. My goodness. I can't even keep my own boys straight. Now I got a drunk woman in the church praying. And Hannah answered and said, no, 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 no. No, my Lord. I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. You know what this moment reminds me of? This, this moment right here is, we're not drunk as you suppose. Anyway, I'll, I'll save that for later. Why are you drunk? He said, Lord, no, Lord, I, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Oh, that's, that's a desperate prayer. You see what the enemy thought is you was going to come to church today and pray one of them pretty prayers you've been praying, one of them cute prayers. 
one of them cute prayers. But what he did not anticipate is that you'd go to the house of the Lord and you would pour out your soul. He, she said, count not, verse 16, count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Bilal, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. I told the Lord my stuff. I spoke out of the abundance of my complaint. I spoke out of my grief. We got to stop coming to church and playing patty cake with God. You ought to tell him exactly what you're dealing with. Can I promise you something today? God can handle it. I said God can handle it. You, 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 you come to the house of God and, and you play church and pray your little pretty prayer and go home the same way you came. But God's looking for somebody that'll come down here and say, God, I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm hurting. I'm wounded. I'm, when you speak to him out of the abundance of your complaint. I spoke to the Lord in my grief. I spoke to him about my grief. And then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. He didn't even know. Eli didn't even know that he was giving this woman the keys to his replacement. My God. He thought she was asking for that porcelain turkey that she saw down at Marshall's. He thought she wanted that 12-foot Christmas tree. She saw it. I was going to say Toys R Us, but they don't even exist no more. <laughs> he thought she was praying for a brand new Tesla. He thought she was praying for a nice house, two acres, and a nice fence. He didn't know what she wanted. He just said, whatever you're asking for, God's going He didn't know that what she was praying was going to set the world on fire. <laughs> oh, See, here's the deal. Here's the deal today. You don't know what you're praying for either. You may be praying, Lord, make a way, but the way that he's about to make for you may be the way that he makes for everybody else in your family. You might be just praying, Lord, open the door, but what you don't realize is that door is going to open and many people will walk through the door that you prayed open. Oh, I... Come on, you want to let the enemy provoke you to prayer today and say, you know what? I don't even know what I'm asking for, but I promise you that if God would do this thing today, my life would change. I'm almost finished. Uh, Say, the Lord grant thee thy petition. Verse 18. And she said, let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way. And did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Before she prayed, she was weeping and not eating. Now, now, you say, well, Pastor, what's the significance of that moment? Here's the significance of that moment. Go to verse 19. And they rose up early in the morning. And worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Praise him. 
Won't he do it? But you missed it. Before they got home. Go back to verse 18. Y'all missed it. Before. Before. There even could have been. Before it was even possible. Before God worked the miracle, she fixed her face before. Most of us would have waited to get home and we would have stayed sad until we saw them lines on the pregnancy test. Y'all don't want to preach with me this morning. We would have stayed angry. We would have stayed bitter. And, and until we heard the cry of the baby in the nursery, we would have been like, God, I just, I just don't want to get too excited because I just don't know. I'm not even going to tell nobody that I'm pregnant because you just never know. Not Hannah. The next day, before they even got home, the Bible said she was smiling and eating. Girl, calm down. You're eating everything. What's wrong with you? I'm just eating because I know there's a promise on the way. I'm going to need my strength. Girl, you're eating like you're eating for two because I am. Because God made me a promise in the middle of my in the middle of my mess, I said a prayer. In the middle of my bitterness, I said a prayer. And out of that prayer came a promise. And so, so don't judge my worship. Don't judge my shout. Don't judge my praise. Don't judge my smile. Oh, how can you smile in the middle of this? I'll tell you how. Because I prayed. I prayed. I prayed. I'll tell you how I can shout with no promise, with no baby in my belly. I'll tell you how. Because I prayed and I know God is going to answer my prayer. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting for the gender reveal. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting till we paint the nursery. I'm not waiting till I hear the sound of the crying baby. I'm shouting right now. I'm glorifying God right now. I'm praising him in this moment because I know my promise is on the Who am I preaching to this morning? Come on, who am I preaching to today? Don't wait. Don't wait till the battle's over. Don't wait till the contract signed. Don't wait. I prayed a prayer. I prayed. Most of us are telling God that we don't even trust him because we pray and we go back to our depression. We pray and we go back to our brokenness. We pray and we go back like it never happened. But I come to tell somebody today, you ought to pray today and leave with a smile on your face and a fork in your hand. I 
I praise him. I'm going to praise him like it's already happened. I'm going to praise him like it's already on the way. I'm going to praise him like i already seen it. I'm going to praise him like I'm already holding it. I'm going to praise him like I'm already rocking the pain. I know I'm not rocking the but I'm going to praise him like I... There's many at this altar already. But I want to open this altar for the ones in the house. We want to thank you again for joining us on the Truth Chapel podcast. May you have a blessed day and walk in the favor of the Lord.